Oh, I have. Can you testify of that tonight? I've already come. It's been grace that brought me safe thus far. His grace that brought God, praise God. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Can you praise him tonight? Why don't you just take a moment to give him praise? Amen. We got a lot to praise him for. Amen. It's good to come together and to sing the songs of Zion. And I think when the, the children of God get together, it, it, it's a time of celebration. It's a time of trumpet, triumph. It's a time of jubilee. It's a time of praise. It's a time of worship. Well, you might as well just take the opportunity God has given you tonight and praise him a little bit. Praise God. Hallelujah. We don't know how much longer we'll have opportunity like this. All right. Yeah, we don't know. The doors could shut down again. Hey, you, you think COVID was something. I think there's worse things coming down the road. I, I pray we're not here for it. But I know one thing we have, we got tonight. We got tonight. You know, and I think the devil is trying to keep you from the house of God tonight, but you're here. And I believe God has something in store for you. Amen. Well, praise God. Maybe they can just softly play something as we settle ourselves and just uh, go before the Lord in prayer just to invite Him to come. Now, Heavenly Father, Lord, we love You. We thank You. We thank You for Your grace and Your mercy that You have shown to us, Lord. Lord, we thank You for Your Word that we know that heavens and earth will pass away, but that Word that You have given us will never pass away. And that is the revelation that we're standing upon this evening is to know that you are here. We know that, Lord, because you said you would be here. Where two or three are gathered together, that you would be in our midst. So, Lord, we're asking that you would come now. Father, you know in myself there's nothing that I could do to edify your people. Lord, but if you would come and move myself out of the way and that you would take the vessel Lord and that you would break the bread of life as only you can and feed your sheep Lord there's needs that are represented here there's hungry hearts and hungry souls and there's certain situations and people need answers and we're thankful to know that your word is sharper than any two edged sword it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart Lord it can go into the places where nothing else can go. Bring healing and bring deliverance and give answers and leadership, Lord. So we trust that you would come now and do these things we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, we'll be reading out of Romans chapter 8. We just want to bring you greetings from our pastor, Brother David McGeary. At 
uh, Christian Life Tabernacle there in Bedford, Texas. And also, we just I'm thankful that uh, Brother Cosman and his family were able to come, and, and Brother Tommy and Sister Lizeth. And also, it's, it's uh, a privilege to have my wife, Gabrielle, and Brianna, Kaylee, and Evan to be able to travel up with me this time. So they wanted to be here last time, and you know how it is. You know, the devil, he just starts to fighting and trying to cause a fuss, and you know, but, but God's rich in mercy, ain't he? Amen. We just really appreciate Brother Ben and the, the invitation. And, you know, y'all hold a, a special part in our hearts. So we're just, we're thankful to be here and certainly an honor to have Brother Andrew among us. That was a, a, certainly a surprise when he, he come there in the back door. So we're just looking to see what God would have for us. Amen. Amen. Just reading out of Romans uh, chapter 8 and maybe a, a lengthy reading, but we'll just read up to starting with verse 1 to um, verse 11. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, I better watch myself as I, I might start preaching and never get to my text. But, but listen to the Word of God now. Sometimes I feel like we hear the Word so many times we take it for granted, and it really becomes more of a creed to us. It doesn't become a living reality. But you see, the devil has a way of working on your mind and working on your past and your failures and things. Yep. But what we want to do this evening is we want to look and see what God says about it. Yes. And right here, what a great comfort it says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Right. Oh my, that makes me happy. I believe if not another word was said this evening, we should be able to go from here rejoicing that there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Right? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh... But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. There it is. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of the, his. And if Christ be in you, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit, oh hallelujah. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Amen. You may have your seats this evening. We thank God for the reading of the word. Just even in reading that last scripture there, it says, but if the spirit 
of him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you. It will quicken your mortal body. Well, I don't know about you, but many times we want to put that scripture and the manifestation of it down the road. Many times we want to put it off in the resurrection of the dead, but that's not what the prophet is telling us here. As Paul is writing to the Romans, he's saying, but if the spirit of him that raised up uh, Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I'm not looking for a quickening to come down the road, but I'm looking for a quickening to come right now to quicken this dead mortal body that this mind that I have and this flesh that I have, this rotten sin nature that God has promised that he would give us the spirit that can quicken us and quicken our mortal bodies that if the spirit of God would be living on us, then we are no longer dead, but we're alive in him. Amen. And notice there in, at verse 6 it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Right. Now by the help of God, I'd like to just preach to you a little bit this evening on have you lost your mind? Right. Have you lost your mind? Well, we could just, man, we could just start rolling with it. Have you ever, have you ever met somebody you thought they had lost their mind? Yeah. You know, somebody many times, you know, they get a spirit on them. They'll, they, they, they will be, they'll be so possessed that you'll look at them and you'll realize that they have completely lost their mind. They're not even coherent. You can't even talk to them. You can't even carry on a conversation. And sometimes you'll just go round and round in circles and you start to wonder what is wrong with this person. Have they even lost their common sense? Have they lost their mind? And sometimes I feel many times the believers, you want to look at them and ask them, have you, have you lost your mind? what's wrong with you because you'll tell somebody you'll give them counsel or something they'll come to you and say oh brother Ben I, 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 I'm having these problems I'm going through this and you start to ask them well are you reading your Bible are you praying are, are you doing the Christian ABCs and you find out they're not even listening to Christian life and you want to look to them and say have you lost your mind what's wrong with you you wonder why you're struggling with all of these other things you wonder why your life is a wreck and why you're in shambles when you're not even waking up and giving God the glory you're not even getting out of the bed and say oh God thank you for another day to serve you oh God let me look into your word this morning Lord show me some more of yourself God I need revelation today Lord I need your strength to come Father that I might overcome the enemy oh and you get up with an attitude like that and you go to face the the, the devil and say oh God it's me and you today Lord and I know that you said that, that me and you is the majority so no matter what the devil throws at me today Lord if I just get out of the bed today and I put one foot on the ground I say oh God thank you for giving me a step today I'm going to take another step and footsteps are possession oh if we could just start our day like that and give our lives to Jesus Christ in a complete surrender but I wonder sometimes what's the matter with us have we lost our minds so the, uh, uh, Paul would say in Romans 12 too, he would say be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, now that renewing right there is a renovation. Yes. Yes. All right. It is a complete change for the better. All right. And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he would say, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. There is a complete change, a transformation from the carnal mind to where no longer it's the carnal mind in you, but it's the spiritual mind. Look, we got to die to our own thoughts. 
We got to die to our own ideas. We got to die to our taste and our preferences and, and oh my goodness and the way we want service to go and who leads songs and what songs are sung and it's too upbeat and it's, it's too downbeat and I wish, I wish Brother Ben wouldn't preach so long. I wish he'd preach a little shorter and oh my, his voice is just so groggy it's put me to sleep. Oh my, you, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's all right. I'll, let, let God fight your battle, Brother Ben. Sometimes we get so carnal, we start to start to take on a carnal appetite and we start to try to pick apart the preacher. We want to pick apart the pastor. We want to pick apart our brothers. We want to pick apart our sisters. What is wrong? Have you lost your mind? Have you forgot where you came from? Have you forgot what God did for you? Have you forgot what he's done in this age and he's called you out of dark denominationalism and he's brought you into the house of God with brothers and sisters of precious like faith that you can rejoice in the presence of God. You can serve him. You can worship him and you know God will come by the anointed word. He'll give the pastor a word of deliverance. He'll give the evangelist a word of deliverance and if you just let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus and you'll receive the word and stop being a critic. Oh, I wonder if you've lost your mind. Oh, but we want to be completely changed. There needs to be a transformation where old things pass away and all things become new. A complete transformation. Not your thoughts. Not your ideas. I want to just look at this word transformed. Transform means to change into another form. To change into another form. Now I like that. That sounds familiar to me. To change into another form. You know God likes to change his form. God likes to change his mask. Who wasn't there on the plains of memory that come down there and stepped into that body. And he come up to the tent of Abraham there and he said oh oh, who was he looking for? He showed up there and said Abraham where's your wife Sarah? Who was that? It was God. God changing his form. God and Morphe. Brother Branham said it was the Son of Man potentially that came there because what was it? It was God taking on another form. Oh my, praise God. He did it once again in the Son of Man ministry. God changes his form. He was what? He was He was the, the Son of God down through the church ages. But we, by divine promise of Luke 17, 30, God promised that he would change his form again. That he would change himself into the Son of Man again. And he would come and visit the Gentiles before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. God changing his form in the Son of Man ministry, but he didn't stop there. Oh, many people think it stopped there. They think the Son of Man's ministry stopped in 1965, but my God is a God who likes to change his form. He likes to transform his sons and his daughters where it's no longer you living. Oh, it's not I that liveth, but it's Christ that liveth in me. What is it? It's God himself transforming himself where it's no longer your mind, but it's the very mind of God, and that is what has opened up to us under the revealing of the seven seals that there is a people that have lost their mind but they have taken on none other than the mind of almighty God because he loosed the seven seals the book of redemption has come open he has called your name and now that spirit of God is now transformed it's living in the bride of Jesus Christ he's living in your skin God and tabernacling himself in the bride Oh yeah, you're a bunch of fanatics. You're a bunch of crazy people. Have you lost your mind? Well, I hope you've lost your mind. That you've lost your carnal mind. You've lost your ideas. You've lost your wants. You've lost 
your ideas. You've lost your preferences. You've lost your taste. You've lost all of your thinking. And you have taken on the mind of Almighty God. And it's no longer Christ. It's no longer you living, but it's Christ in you that's living. Oh, glory to God. That's what I'm interested in. Call me a fanatic. Call me a crazy man. Tell me I've lost my mind, but the word has come. God changed his mask in this generation. He come and veiled himself in Malachi 4 or 5, Luke 17, 30. That he might reveal his mind to his bride. Oh, praise God. Look, God has sent something in this age. Think of, think of Job there. Job was a righteous and an upright man. Oh, he, he wanted to serve God with all of his heart. But you know the story. Well, God help us. We're already off the notes. But let us just preach a little bit. But there Job, he, he, he wanted to serve God with all of his heart. And there, you know, Satan goes up before God. And God, what does he do? He says, have you considered my servant Job? All right. There is none like him. There's none like him in all the earth. Oh, he's an upright man. He's pure in heart. And of course, what did Satan say? Well, yeah, of course he serves. You got a hedge around him. All right. Yeah. You protected him. You blessed him. And, and, yeah. and God said, "All right, go ahead. You can touch. You can take everything he's got. Take all the blessings away." Right. And all of a sudden, all the calamity and all the trials started to befall Job. And there, his sons and his daughters and his house and his livestock, everything was taken away from Job. Right. And Job got down to where he was, oh my, he was on the ash heap. Right. And maybe you feel tonight like you're on the ash heap. Yes. Maybe you feel like you, you're just never going to get the victory over this trial. Yeah. Maybe you feel like the devil's held you down so long you can't even see the light of day. Right. And you think that you got to bear this burden. you got to bear this, this, this trial. you got to bear uh, how Satan's been attacking you in your mind and your right. body. And you just feel like nothing's ever going to be different. And so there you are. You feel like you're sitting on the hash heap, ash heap on, a, on a Saturday night. And you just don't know if you're ever going to get off of it. Yeah. Right. And it was in that place... It was in that place where Job, you know, he's trying to, what, what did, uh, three of his friends come down there started to charge Job and say, hey, you're a secret sinner. Look, spirits don't die. All right. The devil keeps trying to tell you the reason you're suffering like you are is because you're a secret sinner. But if I read my Bible properly in our opening text, he said there's therefore now no condemnation. Because what I want to point out to you, the devil is always wanting to give you his mind. He's always wanting to offer his opinion. He's always wanting to preach something from the other side to cause some division or some strife. He's trying to hold Job on the ash heap and here these messengers come down. There's oh Job, you're just a secret sinner. And there in that condition, my, you can imagine even his own comforters there that are coming to Job, oh, they're not making it any better. And many times we feel that way. You feel like everybody's forsaken you. Uh, you, you go to your, your brothers and your sisters and you reach out to people for help and you just feel, my goodness, well, I can't get nothing right, Lord. What's going on? Why am I in this condition? But I love how Elihu come on down. The fourth messenger. It was that fourth messenger that came down. Brother Brandon said, I'd like to break down Elihu sometime and show you that that was Christ. 
It was that fourth life messenger, that messenger of restoration that started to line out. Job said, Job, look, look, I, I, don't, don't, don't despise my youth, Job. I want to speak to you here a little bit and let you know that you've gotten a little selfish, Job. You're charging God foolishly. I wonder if some of us have taken on a mind where we're starting to charge God foolish. You're going through the valleys and you're going through the hard times. There's something in your heart. The devil's trying to give you another mind and you're starting to say, well, God, I've served you with all of my heart. I've gone to church. I've never missed a service, Lord. I've given my tithes. I've given my offering. Lord, why in the world am I going through this? Maybe it's because God looked down on you with favor and said, have you considered my bride? There's nobody like her in all the earth. You can bring all the hell against her. You can bring all the devils. You can bring all the sickness. You can bring all the despair. You can bring all the doubt. You can bring all the sickness. You can bring all the crossfire. You can bring every gun in hell and train it on my bride of Jesus Christ. She ain't going to back up. She's not going to quit. She's going to keep marching on more Christian soldiers. Ain't nothing ever going to go take her off the track. Why? Because she is bone of his bone. She's flesh of his flesh. Life of his life. There is a character in you that you don't even know is there. And God has allowed the pressure of the age in Lady Osea in this evil sin a cursed age to put the pressure on the bride of Jesus Christ that that gold character that he deposited in you before the foundation of the world hallelujah it shine forth in all of its glory oh hallelujah that'll cause you to look at your trial a little different oh and after Elihu got on to talking to Abraham uh, talking to Job a little bit all of a sudden the lightning started to flash. Yes, sir. The wind started to blow. And after that fourth messenger came and spoke those words, something in Job, what did he do? It set Job right. It started to restore that mind into the right condition. It started to place him back in his position again where he realized he was a son of God. And all of a sudden, the revelation started to strike Job. Oh my goodness, though he slay me, yet I will serve him. Though the skin worms eat this flesh, yet in my flesh I'll see my Redeemer. Oh, I want to tell you, church, there's a revelation to strike you here on a Saturday night. It'll change your mind. It'll change the way you act. It'll change the way you think. This message won't be a bunch of rules and regulation anymore. This message won't be a burden to you. Look, I tell you, if you're struggling to live the message, well, that's okay. You keep struggling, but I want to tell you, there is a time of transformation where it comes, where it is no longer a struggle anymore, but it is a liberty. Oh, hallelujah, who the Son has set free is free indeed. You are free, son and daughter of God, to worship Him, to praise Him in newness of life. Ain't nothing to hold you back. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh my, you think you're free out there in the world. Some of you young people, you think you want to go out there in the world and do some tasting and running around. Yes, sin is pleasurable for a season, but that's where the real bondage is. You'll get hooked on dope. It'll take your life. It'll OD you. It'll make you skinny, rail thin. You'll weigh 60 pounds and all your teeth will fall out of your face and your hair will fall out and you think that's living? Oh, we don't like to hear that kind of preaching, uh, preaching preacher. Well, I tell you, some of you look like that spiritually. Oh, watch out now. I'm a message believer, but I never listen to a take during the week. 
I'm a message believer, but I never hear what the pastor says and go home and study it out and pray about it. I'm a message believer, but I don't get on my knees and say, oh God, I'm going to turn on Christ as the mystery of God revealed. Reveal yourself to me, Lord. I want to know more about your person. I want to know more about the threefold revelation. Oh God, reveal yourself to me, oh God. What is that seventh seal? Who is the Son of Man? Oh God, I'm your bride. I'm your wife. And if you're whispering love secrets to me, Lord, tell me more. Oh, hallelujah. Eliezer, tell me more. I want to know more about my bridegroom. Oh, but we go there and sit on the sideline and we call ourselves a message believer and we criticize everybody that's trying. Can you believe so and so? Did you see what they wore to church the other day? Well, if we could see your attitude, it'd be a lot worse. Well, I don't know where we went, but God help us tonight. I think of us, some of us need to have the love of God shed abroad in our heart. And the reason why it ain't is we've never experienced it. I'm talking about being transformed. If you've ever experienced the love of God, it'll transform you. It'll change you. You'll never be able to look at a sinner and condemn them. No, sir. And if you ever start to get that thought in your mind, we've lost that mind. The prophet of God would tell this story about when he was in South Africa. I forget the brother's name there. Uh, 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 but brother, brother Brandon was telling him about that picture where the pillar of fire was coming up and like seven wicks of fire behind him. And he, he was telling him, he said, hey, brother, can you see right behind the man there? You see that little, little picture that looks like an Indian chief. And he's like, well, you know, I've, I've never noticed that before. He, he goes, well, what, what that is, is that's my old nature. He said, when the Holy Ghost comes in, it burns out that old nature. And that old nature is now behind you. But it's always behind you, always wanting to insert itself back into a position of influence. Oh, my, it's still there. Wants to make you be critical. Wants to make you criticize the preacher. But I'm telling you, there's a word of God here tonight that can strike your soul like it struck Job and it'll be a revelation that'll change you and you'll never be the same. You'll be a complete new creature in Jesus Christ where people will look at you just like that uh, maniac of Gardaria as me and Andrew were fellowshipping on that. Oh, he was possessed with devils. But when he got his right mind, when he started to serve the Lord, the people looked at him and said, oh, we don't want your kind around here. We would rather have the hogs back. Oh, I've heard stories like that. There was a young sister started coming to our church. She got converted. She transformed her life. She started wearing dresses. She started wearing holiness. And she went home. And one day her daddy looked her right in the face and said, I would rather see you passed out on the floor drunk than wearing a skirt. Oh my. Her own daddy told her that. Look, that spirit ain't no dead. They still not, it ain't dead. When you start getting the joy of God in your life, when you start getting the victory, when you start raising your hands, when you start shouting, when you start running, when you've been transformed and you've been changed, there's some of those critical spirits around. They say, we don't want your kind around. We'd rather have the hogs back. I would rather have you with your arms folded on the bench. I would rather you have a frown on your face because I don't want you ruining my prey because when you get on fire for God, it exposes my condition. Well, somebody help me preach. That's the problem with some of the revivals. That's the problem with some of the people that are getting on fire for God when they get on fire for God it shows you ain't got one but there's something about a son or daughter of God when you see somebody that got the victory 
Oh, I'll tell you what, Brother Ben. I might not feel too good. I might be down and out myself. But if I can look out across the aisle and all of a sudden I see a young person who's never entered into worshiping before and all of a sudden I start seeing them raise their hand. I start to see them get the victory. Oh my goodness. The love of God in my heart says, well, praise God. I might be going through a trial. I might be going through a hard time. My family might be in a hard time. Oh, but praise God. You see little brother so-and-so. You see little sister so-and-so. They're getting the victory. I'm going to cast down my reason. I'm going to cast down the things that are bothering me and I'm going to go ahead and join my shoulder with that brother and I'm going to go raise his head and rejoice for what God is doing oh praise God that's what we need we need some people to get on fire for God had a young man come up he, he wanted prayer and he said look I'm coming up here I want to pray for my friends I want to see God doing something for my friends I said, well, maybe God wants to start with you. Maybe the reason why we've been waiting so long is that you're the catalyst that God has ordained to be the spark in the church to bring forth a revival in the youth. And as long as you keep sitting there and folding your hands, the revival's never going to happen. But if you'll die out to your thoughts, if you'll die out to your ideas, if you'll surrender your heart to the word of God, you'll let the Holy Ghost and fire come in and transform you that you can be the one to go be a witness that you'll catch everybody else on fire. Sure enough, that young man called on the Lord. The next night, his friend gave his heart to the Lord. And other youth were starting to give their heart to the Lord. Why? Because God's a God who answers prayer. What I want to tell you tonight, it starts with you. Amen. Oh, there's a transformation. Transformed. Oh, my, you're not no bogus denominational believer. But you're the genuine article. Look, when the word is made flesh, you know what happens when the word is made flesh? It exposes the false vine. When the word is made flesh, it starts to expose the devil and all of his tactics. That's what we've been taught, right? How, how do you know? How, how, how do you know a, a bogus dollar? Well, if you've seen a genuine dollar, you can you can recognize the bogus. That's the problem. We got a lot of bogus Christians. All right. Yeah, that's right. But I tell you what, sometimes what happens, help help me preach, Lord. Sometimes what happens when a real dollar goes to floating around the congregation, showing what the word made flesh looks like, everybody wants to shut it up. Oh, that's what, come on now. That's exactly what happened in our generation by divine promise. There was a sheaf wave. A son of God who came into their position in, mature, in full maturity, who was a sheep wave, the word made flesh, a bride member. Oh my, just as Jesus Christ, the, the first sheep wave, the was there lifted up on Calvary, right? And what was it? It was waved back to the people there on Pentecost. But God promised in the last days that he would restore all the pommel worm, all the canker, everything that was here. I will restore, saith the Lord. And God had restored back the word again. By divine promise, we saw a bride member standing on the earth with full power and authority. Full restoration with the spoken word. And the denominationals wanted nothing to do with it. They said, get that guy out of here because the light's too bright. I say, God help us. 
God help us to embrace the word made flesh in our brothers and sisters. And if we ain't living where we should be, there should be something in your heart that say, you know what? I want a little bit of what Andrew got. I want a little bit of what Ben got. I want a little bit of what Cosmo got. I want a little bit of what the young people got. Now I see how free they are to worship the Lord. God, if, that, if you would have, have me do something like that, Lord, I'm willing to do it. If that would be pleasing to you, Lord, oh, why don't we all bind together in Christian love? Why don't we just worship the Lord? Why don't we open up our hearts? Why don't we pour everything out to say, Lord, you're worthy of all the praise. You're worthy of all the worship. You're worthy of all the adoration, Lord. I'm going to surrender my all, Lord. I want to lose my mind. I want to lose myself. I want to take this word. I want that word to be made flesh in me. Oh, hallelujah. The prophet of God said, if you really want to see the third pull, do something. He said, it's going to take all of us together. We're so divided up and split up and got all of our own ideas. But bless God, I'm the bride. Oh, praise God, we're talking about have you lost your mind? Well, I'm going so many directions, I tell you what. I'm going so many directions that you might think I lost my mind. Well, when we, when, we get, when we get to the end, I hope, the, I, I, I hope one thing happens that by the time we get to the end of the sermon that we all can come to one conclusion. We've all lost our mind. I'm telling you what, that's really what it comes down to. You've either lost your mind for Christ or you've lost your mind for the devil. As we just move a little bit further along, the carnal mind, look, the carnal mind versus uh, being spiritually minded, the mind is what one has in the mind, the thoughts and purposes. The mind is what one has in the mind or their thoughts and purposes. And I want to just say this, that's exactly where Eve failed. See, God had given Eve his word. She had the mind of God. But she traded it. The prophet of God said she traded that holy veil for a veil of knowledge and lust. So if I could say she traded it, she had the mind of God, but she traded it for the reasoning and the lust veil that Satan had to offer her. And in verse 9, as we're reading in our text, Paul mentions not being of the flesh, but being of the spirit. And I just want to make this emphasis here is what we need is revelation. What did Jesus say to Peter? So Paul is saying, look, we don't want to be of the flesh, but we want to be of the spirit. And as Jesus is telling Peter, saying, who, do the, who do men say I am? Right. Oh, some say that, you know, uh, some say that you're Jonah, some say you're Elijah, some say you're that prophet. But he said, who do you say that I am? I don't care what everybody else says. I think that's the problem with a lot of us quote-unquote message believers. What does this preacher say? What does that preacher say? What does your pastor say? And we got a bunch of secondhand revelation. We can just quote everybody else. But it's never been quickened to you. Well, I can tell you what my pastor said. I can tell you what brother so-and-so said. But God is asking a personal question. He's asking, and what has been revealed to you personally, Peter? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus looked back at him and said, oh, 
Peter, flesh and blood have not revealed that to you, but my heavenly Father has revealed that to you. And upon this rock, this rock of revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. Oh, there is a revelation for the bride of Jesus Christ tonight that the gates of hell will never prevail against that revelation. I say, oh God, give me your mind. Give me revelation tonight, Lord. Now look, we're not condemning you. God has raised up great gifts. God has raised you up in a believing home. God has done wonderful things. He's surrounded you with a body. So that's good. Those are all, that's all part of creating the atmosphere. The prophet of God said it takes atmosphere to do things. It's not wrong that you're listening to the pastor. It's not wrong that you're feeding on the ministry. It's not wrong, but in that feeding, God is wanting to create an atmosphere where that predestinated seed that he has placed on the inside of you will come to a place where it's quickened. And now that identity, hallelujah, that DNA that has been locked down in that seed, all of a sudden something transforms and something is changed. And all of a sudden you realize, oh my goodness, like that little boy looking in the mirror. You've done all the hearing about the message. You've heard this testimony. You've heard that testimony you've heard all the testimonies about brother Brandon but one time something happens and also you're like mama that's me I see the message but I am the message the message isn't me I am the message made flesh oh that sounds pretty fanatical well how you like this Christ is the mystery of God revealed you are the mystery of Christ revealed yes sir that's exactly right hallelujah Oh, that's what I want. I want revelation. I want divine revelation. So many times we get tripped up into our mind. So many thoughts are flooding our mind. and We start to wonder, well, is this of God? Is that of God? I don't even know. Is this, what are these thoughts that I'm thinking? I'm thankful that God gave us a message. Amen. Amen. God hiding himself in simplicity oh, yes. Amen. Yes, sir. and revealing himself in the same. Right. God hides himself from the wise and prudent and reveals him such to uh, babes that would learn. Yes. In questions and answers, they asked him, oh, Brother Branham, how does a person know if he is thinking his own thoughts or thoughts are coming from the devil? Right. Well, I think that's a good question. Amen. You know, it makes, me, it makes me think of one time they asked the prophet, you know, they say, Brother Brandon, what do we need to do to be more spiritual? Oh, praise God. Get out your pen and paper. Yeah. Write this one down. What do, we need? what do we need to do to be more spiritual? Read your Bible and pray. Oh. That takes us back to the very beginning of the service. Read your Bible and pray. Oh, they asked Brother Brandon, well, how do we know? Uh, if it's the devil's thoughts or it's my thoughts, who's, who's thinking of it? The prophet answered, said, if it's contrary to the word... It's the devil's thinking. If it's with the word, it's God's thinking. That sounds pretty easy. Now remember that. By God's grace, we'll get back to that in a little bit. If it's with the word, it's God's thinking. Now look at the condition of the world today. Look at, look at the place the world has come to. You talk about having lost their mind. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but I think we could have gone back maybe, oh, maybe I don't know, five years, ten years, 
Uh, you go back 15 years and some of the old timers that have been at this a while, you know, I know, I know uh, uh, many of them just, there was no way we were going to see 77 and 77 came and gone. And my goodness, there's no way we're going to see 2000 and 2000 came and gone. And you start to think there's no way the world can get any worse. They've already lost their mind. There's no way it can get any worse. And I tell you, you, you wouldn't think you could lose your mind any more than losing your mind. But now we're in the age where people don't even know their gender. Right. They don't know what bathroom to go in. They don't know whether they're male or female. You talk about have we lost our mind. The world has lost their mind. Right. It is complete insanity. Exactly what Paul would say there in Romans. Being filled with all unrighteousness yeah. and fornication and wickedness and covetousness. Full of envy and murder and debate, deceit, backbiters, haters of God. Yeah, all right, all right. I think sometimes we marvel what, why, why people do what they do. Well, they've lost their mind. They are haters of God. You know, I remember a situation years back where, uh, 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 well, we don't want to go down that road too much, but I just remember I came to an impasse where this person was just very uh, uh, mean to me, and I, I couldn't understand it, and I was reading there in my Bible. And I said, and I'll tell you, I was in all of it. I've done everything to make it right. They weren't a believer, but I'd done everything to make it right. And, and in the first place, I'd done nothing to offend them. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand it. And it bothered me because I, I wanted to make it right in my heart. And I did everything I could. And, and it just, they wouldn't afford me the opportunity. And one day I was reading my scripture and Jesus said, Marvel not if the world hates you. Right. They hated me first. And that burden just was like, it's like right. So look. All the dirty looks and the people that are hating on you and giving you a hard time. Look, stop marveling about it. Don't, don't be surprised. That's exactly what Jesus said. He said, marvel not if the world hates you because they hated me first. And if it's Christ that's living in you, of course, this world that is haters of God is going to hate you. And sometimes I wonder if we're tiptoeing around what we believe. If you ain't catching any flack, if ain't nobody giving you any dirty looks, if nobody's giving you a hard time, if it doesn't even seem like the world hates you, it means you ain't doing enough to show them that you're a lover of God. Because if they're a hater of God and you are God, then there's going to come a time where there's going to be a line drawn in the sand and you might find out they don't want to be your friend anymore but I find out too many times we tippy toe about what we believe and we don't take the opportunity to tell them hey did you know God sent a prophet some of us have had friends five and ten years and we call them close friends and they don't know what you believe I want to tell you have you lost your mind have you lost your mind? I see this great drama unfolding. Here, we're living now, and God help us now. We're living in the days of Noah. We're predestinated to hear the message. There, Noah's preaching. Oh, and somebody maybe runs up to you and says, Hey, man, you hear about that guy named Noah? No. What's going on with Noah? Noah said it's going to rain and he's, he's going to build a boat over there on the side of the hill. And he said, he said like water, like water's going to come out of the sky. Like, yeah. what is he talking about? That's never happened before. Right. Why don't you come and see? Right. All right, I'll come to church. I'll come check it out. And you go up there and there Noah's, he got a little skeleton of a boat there. He said, oh, God's giving me the blueprints. He's giving me the message. We're going to finish out this boat and the judgment's going to come down because God is as sick of this evil generation. Their hearts is evil continually before me and I'm going to judge this whole thing. I'm going to judge it with water. Yeah. Well, and you say, you know what? Man, that sounds right. This world is corrupt. 
I can see why God would want to do that. You start going to church for five years and ten years, and oh my goodness, 20 years gone there, often the boat's finished. All right. No, Noah's preaching another message. He said, hey, it's going to rain and God is going to judge it. You're like, yep, I sure believe the message. And you go down to the marketplace and you're getting your groceries and you're seeing old Sammy who's been checking you out for five years. Got his four little kiddos and everything. Like, hey, Brother Matthew, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Meanwhile, knowing. Come on. Yeah. You tell him, oh, everything's fine and everything's dandy. Have a good day at work, but tomorrow you're going to burn and fire. Oh my goodness, Preach. preacher. Preach. Come on, what come are you on. doing to us? You're making this uncomfortable. Right. I, I kind of like having the message and being safe and secure and having it all to, my, all to myself, you know, where it's just kind of convenient, you know, in case God does judge the world over with fire, you know, well, I, I can make it work, you know what I mean? But I'm just going to go tiptoe around the community. I ain't going to tell nobody about it. I wonder if you really got a revelation. Right. Yeah. And I wonder if the love of God is really being shed abroad in your heart as you look at men and women with their kids and their lives and their living and you say, oh, God bless you. You have a wonderful day. I wonder if there's going to come a time God just help us. We just dramatize in a little bit. Sometimes God wants to bring a message to you. He wants to bring you home and say, have you lost your mind on that day? Could you imagine if there's going to be people that are going to look at you and say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? You had me over for dinner. I had you over for dinner. We went out to work. We went out to lunch at work for five years. And you never told me the truth. Well, I don't know where we're at, but we're preaching. Have you lost your mind? I say, God, help us. Help us. I just give that illustration to think. That's exactly what God has given us. He's given us a message. Just like God gave Noah a message in a boat. Yeah, that was, that was the ark of safety. There was only one place of safety from judgment. And that was on that boat. And not half the message. Because half a boat don't float. And half a message won't fly. All right. And a, bu- a bunch of us just want part of the message. We just want to take this part and take that part and leave out this and leave out that. Well, that's all right. Maybe we're coming a little evangelistic at you, but we'll get somewhere by the grace of God. Like I said, by the end of the service, at least we can say one thing. We've probably all lost our mind. I don't know which side you'll fall on. All right. But we might get to something here in a, in a little bit. That's up to you. Maybe I'll just take this opportunity to let you know where a lot of my inspiration is coming from is spiritual amnesia. As we just yeah. keep working along these lines. Come on. Oh my, what a, what a corrupt world. Look, the atmosphere and the pressure of the age, all hell is pressing its way in. Mm-hmm. The prophet of God said, there is a real devil. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to recognize him real. That's yes. Yes. Amen. I think that's the problem. A lot of times we think we're just in a walk in a park and we're in a picnic. When Timothy said, you know that perilous times will come in the last days. Oh, there'll be men lover of their own selves and covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, 
incontinent, fierce despiser of those that are good. Yeah, that's why people hate you. They're despisers of those that do good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power. Oh, oh, oh that kind of changes a little bit. What do you mean all of that and having a form of godliness? Yeah, there are people that have a form of godliness, and I'm telling you, yeah, it can be in the denominations. Well, it can be in the Pentecostal realms, but I'm afraid that we find ourselves in the message having a form of godliness and dealing with all these evil spirits that we got on us. God help us to move through this a little faster. Oh, but this is where we're doing battle. Because I think some of us have lost our mind. I think some of us have gotten spiritual amnesia. God's called us out. He's called us out, right? Just like Israel, he called us out. But oh, how quickly they forgot where they come from. Lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of God. Look, Israel, they come out. And, and so quickly they forgot what it was like to be in, in bondage. And, and later, uh, years down the scripture, Ezekiel would pick that up, I believe, in Ezekiel 6. And he said, oh, I, I found you in a field. You were uh, in your own blood. And, and, and I took you out of the field. And, and I washed you and I cleansed you. And I gave you a robe. And, and I gave you perfume. And, and I washed you up and I cleansed you. And I decked you with gold. And I gave you silver. I put an earring in your ear. And oh, I gave you fine linens. And I raised you up. And oh, your beauty went around the world. And you were renowned. Right, sure. I lifted you up out of the muck and mire. I gave you, I gave you providence. I gave you position. I gave you beauty. I gave you uh, clothes and I gave you perfumes and oh, and the whole world looked at you and said, "Oh my, isn't she so beautiful?" But then the prophet says, "But, oh, God had done something so rich for her, but." She started to put her confidence in her own flesh. She started to put her confidence in her own beauty. And I wonder if the bride of Jesus Christ many times, we don't get spiritual amnesia. We forget what God brought us out of. We forget what God's done for us. Where all of a sudden we've been walking this road a little bit and now we can just start listening to any old kind of music we want to listen to. We can watch any kind of movies we want to watch. We can just put on any kind of show. We can just turn on the, the Christian radio and oh my goodness, if it's Christian radio, we'll just filter through all the trash to find that one good song. What are you doing? That's nonsense. Oh, you call me illegalistic. Call me what you want to. But I think a bunch of us have got spiritual amnesia where we're tolerating the things of the world. We're watching things we don't need to be watching. We're listening to things that we don't need to listen to. And we're starting to put our confidence, as Paul would say, are you so foolish? All right. Having begun in the spirit, are you now? Are you now made perfect in the flesh? All right. What is your good works going to save you? No. Paul would say, there I say, I testify in the Lord that ye henceforth no walk, not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, right. because the blindness of their heart. That's right. Oh, if we've ever lived in an age All right. where you can walk in the vanity of your mind. Come on. That's right. Look, that's where the greatest battle ever fought is in your mind. Amen. Right? The greatest battle ever fought is in your mind. And God help us. We'll, we'll, we'll try to focus down to a place to 
if we've ever lived in an age. My, I, I tell you what, you can just be on a little phone. You can be away in the vanity of your mind. It can be sports. It can be shopping. It can be what, whatever. Oh, it's, it's, it's like the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It'll take you wherever you want to go. Right. Where do you want to go today? That's right. Wherever you want to walk in the vanity of your mind. Oh my, he continues on to say that ye put off concerning the former conversations, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Oh, praise God. There is a transforming power. There is a renewing of your mind. As Paul would say, I came to you not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came you with power and demonstration what is it? it's power and demonstration to change the man there is a word of God that has come here this evening it'll transform you it'll change you it'll renew your mind it'll change your thinking it'll give you the mind of Christ old things will pass away all things will become new it won't be you living anymore it'll be Christ in you living oh that's what I want You know, I want to tell you, you don't have to remain in the condition you're in anymore. You don't have to stay that, any, that way any longer. You can live a holy, consecrated life. You can live a victorious life. Well, Brother Matthew, if you only knew what I was going through. If you only knew what I was battling. Yes? I'm not belittling that, brother. You probably got it worse than I'll ever have it. I don't know. But it didn't catch God by surprise. Maybe, sister, you got it really bad. Well, brother, if you only knew what I was going through, I, I've been praying for the victory. I've been, I've been praying uh, for this burden that I've been going through for so long. Yeah, well, you know, the devil wants to offer you his mind. But I want to ask you this evening, what does God say about it? Oh, we've heard of what the world says about it. We've heard of what the flesh man says about it. But I want to know what God says about it. The prophet of God would say this in spiritual amnesia. He'd say, now this amnesia will cause you to be in a place where you cannot identify yourself. That's what we're talking about. Have you lost your mind? It actually causes you to come into a place where you can't even identify yourself. You can't identify yourself in Christ. You can't identify your position in the word. You can't even identify yourself in the situation. You can't even identify if you're the solution or the problem. That happens to believers. You can't even identify yourself. Now, it's an unusual thing. It don't happen too often, but the cause is from shock. It's somebody that don't even know who they are. You find it from war sometimes. I tell you what, are we in a battle? Soldiers get it. Well, I think there's some soldiers many times that get spiritual amnesia. That ain't condemning nobody. It's a condition of fighting a battle. God bless you for fighting the battle. There's casualties of war. We got brothers and sisters that are casualties of war. I commend you. Keep fighting. You're here. You're in the house of God. No, don't worry. There's a medic of the Holy Ghost that's on here to care for you. There's a caregiver in the house of God. Maybe you've been wounded. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been bitterly disappointed. Maybe you've been in the battle and you got some shock. Maybe the enemy's come on, come on and he's hit you in the head and you got a concussion. You got a little spiritual amnesia. Well, I want to tell you, you found yourself in the house of God. The Holy Ghost is here to care for you. Sometimes it happens to soldiers. Sometimes people get it. Another thing causes it is worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. 
Worry will cause it. Worry has no virtue. I want to tell you, brother and sister, stop worrying about your kids. In adoption one, at the end of the message, Brother Brennan's preaching adoption. He says, oh, sister, it looks like you're the last one. And she's there. She's, she's, she's crying out hysterically for her kids. And he looks around and says, now, sister, it looks like you're the last one. Now for a little teaching. Oh, my. He says, sister, you, you, you remember Paul and Silas in the jail there? I believe it was. He says, now when the jailer came to what he said, he said, you and your house shall be saved. All right. He looked at that sister and said, sister, if you have enough faith for salvation, you have enough faith for your family. Worry has no virtue. I want to tell you, oh, if you have a son or you have a daughter that's out there in the world, you got enough faith for their salvation. Stop worrying about it. You go ahead and take the mind of God. A vindicated prophet stood there and he told you, if you got enough faith for salvation, well, I'm encouraged because you realize that's not even your own faith. Because the faith we live by is the faith of the Son of God and it's a gift that's any man that can boast. That sounds to me like God has given you your children. Well, Brother Matthew, you're getting fanatical now. Well, maybe I am because I've lost my mind and I've taken on the mind of the message, the vindicated message of the hour that God sent. The mysteries have been revealed. Seven thunders have uttered their voices. The very mind of God has been given to the bride. And what he's wanting you to do is to lose your mind, to lose your thinking, and take God at his word. It's thus saith the Lord. Here is the secret. The bride has the mind of Christ. Here is the secret. The word is in the bride. She has thus saith the Lord. Oh my, praise God. Don't worry about it. Stop worrying about it. If we never say another thing tonight, there's some Christian uh, believers that need to hear this. Don't worry anymore. All the Father has given me will come. And in no wise will I cast him out. This ain't something that you've done. This is something that God's done. Heavens and earth will pass away. God's not going to stop your salvation. God's not going to stop the salvation. Why? Because he gives you the desire of your heart. He said if you believe it, oh, just ask anything in my name and I will do it. My God's not a liar. Oh, if you're sick tonight, if you need to be healed, my God is not a liar. He said, by my stripes, you are healed. I want to tell you, you're healed tonight. Preacher, you can't say that. Yeah, I can. I've lost my mind. I've taken on the mind of God. God told me I'm healed. Oh, bladder problems, healed. Cancer problems, healed. Sickness, healed. Heart of hearing, healed. What do you have need of tonight? Why don't you go ahead and lose your mind? Why don't you let a little inspiration strike you like Job? Let the revelation strike you. You might get a little victory. You might scream and you might start shouting. You might do something. Why? Because you've lost your mind. Oh, hallelujah. Praise his wonderful name. Stop worrying about it. Hallelujah. Worry has no virtue. Well, I don't know when we got started. We're in, we're in trouble, Brother Ben. Brother Ben, give me a hard time. I'll tell you what. I don't want to make you a liar, Brother Ben. Hallelujah. He said I was long-winded. Well, glory to God. Don't want to make him a liar. 
just need to do a better job of looking at the clock. <laughs> worry has no virtue. Just skip worry and accept faith. Some of us said, well, now, what if you're going to be shot in the morning? Wouldn't you worry? I said, no, I don't think I would. Why? I said, worry couldn't do nothing but make me worse. Well, what good is it going to have faith in? I said, well, it might deliver me. Oh, hallelujah. And that's right, see? So worry has no virtue in all, but faith has all virtue. Believe. Now, worry sometimes causes it. And another thing that will cause it among the people is getting between two opinions. All right. Yeah. Well, now we're finally getting to where I want to get to. We've worked a long time to get here. Because the problem is we've gotten caught between two opinions. And there's a spirit that is fighting against this message. God help me. That's trying to get the people stuck between two opinions. You don't know whether to jump or shout or sit down and shut up. Come on, brother. Brother Matthew, what are you talking about? I'm talking about experience. I'm talking about, I hear that devil talking too. I'm telling you, I've been, I've been delivered. I've been set free. I want to jump. I want to run. I want to shout. But there's another voice telling me, sit down and shut up. Well, which one is right? I'm just getting stuck between two opinions. Well, I think the prophet has said, God said, if it's with the word, it's God's thinking. Well, I think I can find plenty of places in the Bible where people jump, where people shouted, where people got the victory. They started to run. They started to scream. They got the victory. It reminds me of a woman at the well one day. She didn't know who she was. She had a bad case of spiritual amnesia. She was married five times. She didn't know where she fit in. She didn't know what it was all about. She was there at the well, but what happened? The Son of Man showed up and started to discern the thoughts and intents of her heart. And all of a sudden, that spiritual amnesia suddenly struck that predestinated seed and something happened. She wasn't stuck between two opinions no more. You couldn't shut her up. You couldn't make her sit down. She ran all the way back to the city and said, come see a man. Yeah, and guess what? The very thing, the very thing that was the negative report. Think about this now. The very thing that condemned her. The very thing that was the negative. All of her sin. All of her past. The very thing that she was an outcast for. It flipped the script. Come see a man who told me all the things that I've done. Is this not the Messiah? It turned her past into a testimony. She didn't have any spiritual amnesia anymore. And she wasn't stuck between two opinions. I'm telling somebody needs to lose their mind. We're laying stuck between two opinions anymore. And you can start praising God and worshiping God in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's liberty in the house of God tonight. If the people just break out and receive the Holy Ghost. Help us, Lord Jesus. Oh, bless His wonderful name. Oh, I love him. Don't you love him tonight? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Preach. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We get stuck between two opinions. Yes. Come on. I'm so glad this ain't my words. Yeah. Look, I ain't got nothing to say. Yeah. But because we received a vindicated prophet, All right. I got something to say. Come on. Because it ain't my mind, it's his mind. I shout it from the housetop. He said you get getting caught between two opinions, that'll cause amnesia. And it gets you to a place, you actually, what has it done? You've lost your reasons. Now by the help of God, if you'll stay with me, if you want to be here, you're free to go. This is not mandatory, this is, I think this is voluntary here, right? Amen, you're free to go at any time, so don't let the preacher keep you. It's alright. Last I checked, this was, this was voluntary, I'm so thankful it is. 
You, got, you need to go somewhere, praise God. That's all right. We're just preaching a little bit now. I finally just got to my text. I'm starting to feel good. Y'all with me for a little bit? Maybe we'll just start having church for a little bit. The prophet of God would say, you get between two opinions that'll cause amnesia. And it gets you to a place where you actually, what you've done, you've lost your reasons. I want to break that down in a little bit. But this, oh, the, my whole text and everything we've been hinging on, praise God. I got a vindicated prophet. He says, you've lost your reason and you've lost your mind. You don't know who you are. You can't identify yourself well I wonder have you ever walked into a room and wondered what you went in there for uh, All right. Oh, yeah. Come on. you walk on into that room and you walk in there and you're like what am I here for you start looking around and you hope the wife don't walk into the kids like hey what are you doing they're like I'm a, I don't know I, I'm coming here for something like All right. you getting old sweetie you lost your mind come on you go back out, you wonder, like, what would I even go in there for? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I think that's the, what's happened to the church a lot of times. We forget why we come to church. We've lost our identification. Now, listen to what the prophet of God said. He said, you've lost your reason. Now, I want to give a little testimony real quick. Because I had an experience at camp when I was 12 years old. Marvelous experience, I I'll tell you the part before it, and you won't sound so marvelous, but I was good at scheduling my bathroom breaks. You know, I at least could get out of church two or three times if I planned it right, you know. And then you don't want to stay too, oh, I don't want to give my secrets away. But, you know, I, I, I took two bathroom breaks. I come back, and I was dead sleeping in church, losing in a camp. And something happened really strange. Because usually a lot of times when you got that rebellious spirit on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You kind of harden your heart to the word. Especially when the Holy Spirit goes down there and starts knocking on your heart. And you're just like, not right now, Lord. You know, I got my friends I'm trying to impress, you know, and I got this new skirt. I want to go, uh, I want to go flaunt it around so all the boys can see it. Oh, where are we going now? Oh, starts knocking. But you have a chance to harden your heart and say, not right now, Lord. God's a gentleman. He won't force himself on you. But something happened to me. I just woke up. In the presence of the Lord, I didn't have time to harden my heart. And something pulled me out. I felt like I floated out of my chair. The Holy Ghost was moving. There was a call to the altar. I was up at the altar. I was floating through people praying for me. I was on my knees. Before you know it, I was in the water. Oh, supernatural. I knew God was real. But something happened. I went back home. You know, I had friends in school. I had friends in the neighborhood, and I kept hanging out with them. God had started a fire in my heart, but I want to tell you, you got to feed that fire. And I, and I kept hanging out, you know, when I was 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old. And, you know, got four, and one of my friends when I was 15 years old, he was a pretty popular guy. And, and he was kind of far above his years, you know, hold out, hung out with the older crowd and everything. We were over and all these people were always partying and stuff. And they would all come around and be like, hey, man, why don't you do this? Why do you do that? I'd be like, no, I'm a Christian. Oh, we respect that. That's cool. I want to tell you, the devil's a deceiver. All right, that's right. You think they respect you and think you're cool and you think that they respect your beliefs? They just want you to keep coming around. Because if they can keep you coming around long enough, you'll forget your reason. And I was about 15 years old and somebody said, hey, why don't you take a drag of a cigarette? And I used to all the time say, I don't smoke. I'm a Christian. I don't do these things. And all of a sudden, one day, I don't know what happened. I think I, th I, think I do know what happened. I got spiritual amnesia. I had forgot what I believed. I forgot what God had done for me. I forgot what had happened at camp. I forgot that God was real. I forgot my reason. They said, why don't you just take a little drag of this? Well, I hope this is all right, Brother Ben. 
And they said, why don't you? I said, I, said, I said, no, I don't do that. They said, why not? Here was my chance. Yeah. Shouldn't have been there in the first place, but here's my chance. I said, well, it makes you cough. I had forgotten my reason. Now we're dealing with spiritual amnesia. Because we want to start honing this down now. We want to start bringing this down into our personal lives. Because, yeah, maybe it's not always out there in sin. But what about in your personal life when you wake up and you go throughout the day and the, the time that you spend on the Internet and the time you spend. Look, it doesn't have to be so much so sinful. But we're in the honing down now. We're talking about an invisible union between the earthly bride and the heavenly bridegroom. We're, being, we're going in the rapture. And have we lost our reason? Have we lost our very identity and why we go to church and why we listen to the message and what God has done for us? Have we become like Israel? We forgot that God brought us out of the muck and mire. He's brought us out of the denominational systems. He's brought us out of dead denominational unbelief and he's revealed his own person to us. All right. Have we forgot that? Have we forgot what this is all about? And I think that's a lot of times what happens. We forget our reason. We get a little spiritual amnesia. And that's why we start to let the little foxes spoil the vine. We find ourselves a little bit like Nebuchadnezzar. He got spiritual amnesia. He got, a, he got lifted up. He got a little bride pride. Prophet of God said, oh, we get to such a place. God loves me so much, nothing can bother me. Oh, don't worry. We're going to try to close this down. How long we been? I think that's what happens a lot of times. We get, we get so predestinated and so elected and, 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 and all these wonderful truths that we start to forget our reason. We start to forget the love relationship. Now trying to move fast. God help us. But as we spoke about how God had, had took Israel out of the muck and mire and he set her up. But what did she kept doing? She kept going right back to her whoredoms. Right. She kept getting spiritual amnesia. And Paul would say the scripture. He'd say, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect in the flesh? I believe that's what, I, what we do a lot of times. We start putting all of our confidence in our works and in our efforts. And that we go to church three times a week. We get exalted. Oh. I do so much for God. Yeah. Nothing can bother me now. A little internet, a little sports. All right. It's just a movie. Come on, Brother Andrew. It's, just, it's only PG-13, you know. Come on, I think it's funny how some of us put confidence in a bunch of worldly people to rate the movies we watch. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? Well, moving on quickly. You know, Brother Branham would always say, why teach them algebra when they can't even learn their ABCs? I think we need some sermons like this. I think we need to check up and really think, have we lost our mind? Have we lost our identity? Have we lost what God has done with us? Because look, I, I, I don't... I, we're, 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 we're in Mount Treetop now. We're in the very honing down hour. This is the very catching away. Look, if, it's like, if it smells like the world, 
talks like the world. I don't want anything to do with it. I want to be so consecrated and so set aside in such in a unity and a harmony with my Lord where if it's displeasing with him, I say, oh, God, I don't want nothing to do with it. Help me, Lord. Help me to lose this carnal mind, God. I don't want it anymore. Give me the strength, Lord. Transform me, Lord. Renew my mind that when this other mind, this other opinion that would try to come. I could look at it and say, you know what? That's not what the word says. I can't do that in Jesus Christ's name. My prophet said, leave it alone if you can't do it in Jesus Christ's name. He said, behind everything is a spirit, motive, and objective. Well, if I can't discern the spirit, motive, and objective behind it is is, is the spirit of Christ, then maybe I'll just leave it alone. But we got a problem here. We got this old sticky uh, nature. This guy where Paul would say, man, the things that I would do, I don't do. And the things I want to do, I couldn't do. And my, I find there's this law within me. Oh, my goodness. Who's going to de- who's gonna deliver me from this vile, wretched man? Right. Good. I want to maybe end along these lines now. God, just help us to bring down to a close. I think a lot of us get caught between two opinions. Oh, yeah. It causes amnesia. If it's with the word, if it's in the word, it's God's thinking. If the prophet said it, it's the mind of God. Amen. The prophet of God said, the scripture says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus didn't do nothing but what? The Father revealed to him. The prophet of God said he did that by vision. The prophet of God said we must have a vision. The scripture says where there is no vision, the people perish. But God didn't leave the bride just wondering. According to divine promise, according to Malachi 4, 5, he sent a vision. The prophet said that the vision is the word of the Lord that comes to the prophet. And God, by divine prophet, by, by prophecy, sent the prophet to give the bride the vision. So we have the mind of Christ. We have his mind. And this harmony now exists between the bride and the bridegroom. And I'm tired of getting stuck between opinions. I'm tired of being caught in the crossfire. I'm tired of people trying to tell me to shut up and sit down. I'm tired of people trying to stand me up. and get. I just want to be real. I just want to be genuine. I just want to let this carnal mind die out. I just want to be renewed in my spirit and in my mind. I just want the Holy Ghost to come and transform me. Take out all of the dross. Take about all, all of the unbelief. And if it's in the word, I want to stand upon it. And in 1 Kings, you'll find out the prophet would say, and Elijah came to the people and said, how long will you halt between two opinions? All right. yeah. how long? If the Lord be God, follow him. Yes. Look, if the message is the truth, follow it. If the Bible said it, believe it. If the prophet said it, believe it. Quit getting caught between two opinions and this preacher over there and that preacher over there. If the Bible said it, I believe it. If the word says you shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover, then that's thus saith the Lord. If he said you shall lay hands on and cast out devils in Jesus Christ's name, then that's thus saith the Lord. I don't have to doubt it. I don't have to back up. I don't have to sit down. I want to say if there's a sick case here, bring it forward. I have a divine promise of Almighty God. We can lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. If you're possessed by an evil spirit, bring it up here. We can lay hands on it and cast that devil out. Why? Because we've been commissioned by Almighty God. Don't tell me the days of miracles are past. 
Don't tell me that was reserved by the prophet. Don't tell me he was the only one that could discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. Because the word is still here to discern the thoughts and intents of the hearts of the people. Christ is here in the building. What I do is I want to lose my mind to the things of the world. And I want to get the mind of Christ. How long will you halt between two opinions? Look, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and wickedness in high places. We'll close along these lines. Notice this here. Y'all doing all right? We okay, Brother Ben? My, I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I feel good. I'm making Brother Ben not a liar. I don't know how long we've been, but praise God. Look at this now. For, for we... We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but it's principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Right. <laughs> now, I want to end on this line. Paul said in Philippians 4.8, he said, whatsoever things are true, right. think on these things. Oh. Coming to a close. Amen. Maybe we can all focus here for about five minutes. I want to hand along these lines. Paul said, whatsoever things are true. He would go on and say honest and, and a good report. He said, think on these things. Now, I want to just talk about this word think. This word think is, is logodazomea. It means to reckon, to count, or to compute. Yeah. This word is actually dealing with reality. It says, if, if I logomazea, I reckon that my bank account has 25 in it. It has 25 in it. Otherwise, I am deceiving myself. This word refers to facts and not suspicions. So when we start to talk about thinking upon things that are true, being caught between two opinions, have you lost your mind? I'm not talking about a changing of our mind. But I'm talking about where we have completely lost our carnal mind. And now the very thoughts that we're thinking are the very thoughts of God. And God's thoughts are eternal. They're not subject to change. They are fact. They are actual. Then if you think that you got $25 in your bank account, it's, it's not a thought that could be changed, but it is an actual reality. And I'm wanting something to drop into your heart right now as you, oh man, it's word coming to word. God has put a faith seed on the inside of the believer that when the word comes to you, look, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when that word strikes that faith, God, and you think that word, it is actually a reality. So when you think by his stripes, I am healed, that is not wishful thinking. That is a reality. The funds have been deposited in the bank. When you think that God's going to give me the salvation of my two boys because I heard a vindicated prophet tell the sister, if you have enough faith for salvation, you've got enough faith for your family. That means the funds have been deposited in the bank. It's not wishful thinking. It is a reality. When he said, these are the thoughts that I think of you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end, that is not some thought of fiction, but that is a reality. You have been predestinated. 
When the word says blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin, that is not guesswork. That is a reality. The funds have already been deposited in the bank. When he says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, the funds have already been deposited in the bank. It's not wishful for thinking. It's a reality. And God wants you to think upon his word. Lose your carnal mind and let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus if the musicians would come. If it's with the word, it's God's thinking. God's thoughts are eternal. Think on these things. Think on the word. What did God say about it? Now I pray something we do by the end of this service. No more caught between two opinions. No more caught between the devil keeping the, trying to point you back to your past. Trying to tell you you'll never get the victory. That's an opinion. God said you're more than a conqueror. That's the facts. That's the reality. But here's the thing. You got to make a decision. Who are you going to take sides with? See, that's exactly what happened to Eve. She reasoned within her mind. But you realize that God has predestinated this bride that she cannot fall? That's a reality. Look, the the funds have already been deposited in the bank of your heart. You cannot fall. You are predestinated not to miss the rapture. Think on these things. That is a reality. That's word coming to word. That's that, that, that seed, that predestinated seed. That word coming to you and striking you and giving you that faith to take God at his word. That's what's true. I'll let you change your disposition. Go ahead and stand. Don't mean we're done yet. Think on these things. Yeah, the devil has all kind of thoughts he wants you. But I want to end on this note right here. God, oh my, this is how the greatest battle ever fought. We just accept the word upon the basis. God said so. Now when you do that, you've done lost your mind. All right. I'm tired of what Matthew McGeary thinks about it. I'm tired of what I think is right. I'm tired of I think it should be done this way. I'm tired of thinking, well, this is how, how that ought to be done and that should be. I'm tired about thinking I know how everything should be run right. You know who got it right? God got it right. God's right on time. Everything is running right on time. God's doing all things where everything works together for the good to them that love God are called upon. I don't know nothing about it. Every time I try to put my thinking, every time I think I got it all figured out, I just make a mess of it. But I don't want my thoughts anymore. All I want is thus saith the Lord. We just accept the word upon the basis God said so. And that sets a stream between you and God. Every channel comes open between you and God then. Now we're talking about losing your mind. Yeah. Now the only thing you're receiving is the very thoughts of God. Right. That's the battle. The very first front line. Let's not use a 22 rifle. Right. 
Let's get an atomic bomb. Let's do the job right. Let's get God's atomic bomb. What is it, Brother Branham? F-A-I-T-H in his word. That's God's atomic bomb. It'll blow sickness and devils right and left. It annihilates them. It just destroys them. It disintegrates everything that's ungodly. When that bomb of faith drops in there with the word of God behind it, it blows every devil, every sickness, every disease. Oh, I want to tell you there's a faith bomb in the building tonight. The power of God is here. I want to tell you there's a cloud of darkness hanging over you. There's a faith bomb here to annihilate that devil. There's a demon of depression that's been hanging over over you there's a faith bomb here to blow that devil up if you've been thinking that you're going to walk away from this message there's a faith bomb here to blow that message of unbelief that that, that, that doubt that messenger from the devil up come on somebody there's a faith bomb here to blow up and annihilate every single devil. What do you have need of tonight? I wonder if there's somebody in your heart tonight will say, you know what? I got a need. I've been battling a little depression. I've been battling a little doubt. I've been battling a little unbelief. I've been battling a little lust. Oh, if you do you want deliverance? Quit being stuck between two opinions. You don't have to leave the same. There's a faith bomb in the building. If you can play something softly. I think it's time we draw the sword of the Spirit. What is the sword of the Spirit? The Word. Yeah, it cuts coming and going. My Bible tells me no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon. But when you get spiritual amnesia, you, you lose your identity. Like the prodigal son, could you imagine all the inheritance the prodigal son had? He went and spoiled it all away. And there he was there in that pig pen. Fighting with a pig over a, a, a corn husk. And finally he came to himself. Well, God's talking to you tonight, bride. All these things you've been fighting with. All these things you've been struggling with. All these things you've been giving your heart over to. We've let a little spiritual amnesia come in. We wonder why we don't have the victory we want. We wonder why we don't have the prayer life we want. We wonder why things ain't going our way. That's the love of God. He gathered you together. It's okay, my son, my daughter. You You let a little spiritual amnesia come in. But I've sent my word. There's a faith bomb in the building. That if you'll just surrender your heart. Is there somebody here that wants to lift their hands up to God and say, God, I got a need. I need a faith bomb to go off in my life. I realize, Lord, I've let a little spiritual amnesia come in my heart and come into my life where I find myself doing things I shouldn't do, saying things I shouldn't do. Lord, I want to be a better witness. I want to be a better testimony. Lord, you said this, they'll know that you are my disciples by the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart. Lord, help me to shed that love abroad. I want to tell you, you got a need in your heart and you need prayer. I say this is the night to end it. No more two opinions. You're healed. You're delivered. Don't, I don't, the devil's fighting you right now. No, if I go up there, I've gone up there before, and if I go up there again, everybody's thinking, I'm like, stop it. Quit being stuck between two opinions. 
Drive the stake down tonight. If you need the Holy Ghost, don't leave here yes. without getting it. Yes. Let's all just bow our hearts. prophet of God would say this at the end of spiritual and he just say you that wants the Holy Ghost you that wants that experience not an emotional excitement you want the Holy Ghost the life the germ of life inside you and you want to get rid of that amnesia that's making you where you can't identify yourself you don't know where you stand you don't know what you are Let's get rid of it right now. There is a new birth here for you. A real, genuine new birth. Oh, I say let's all of us just lift our hands up to God. Why don't we start crying out to God for what we have need of? Oh, Heavenly Father, you see the hands up around the building. Lord God, we realize that we let spiritual amnesia come in. We forget who we are. We, we forget our identification. We forget where we come from. But oh God, we know that there's a new birth. We know there's a transforming power, a renewing of our mind where we can get rid of that carnal nature. We can get rid of that carnal mind, Lord, where we can be birthed, where we can be born again, Lord. I pray that you send your Holy Ghost and fire, that there be a faith bomb that would go off in the building tonight, that people would be set free, that doomed devils would be on the run. Why? Because Jesus Christ is here. The mighty conqueror has risen, and he has come to Hardy, Arkansas tonight to set his people free. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. If you feel you would like prayer and want to come forward, we welcome you as they help us sing this song. Be, now there is hope. There's no more doubt. Praise His name. He's in the Just laughed at Jesus. He said she's only sleeping. Then he took her by the hand. She began to live again. Some begin to praise the Lord. Some begin to say, Christ is here. Open up your heart. Touch this heart of hallelujah gave me life again. Yes, Lord. I am just a house of clay ever since that blessed day. There's a light that shines in me. 
Oh, you are the light. 
bless your name. Thank you, Lord. I bless your name. Oh, yes. I bless your name. While these are praying up here, why don't you just talk to the Lord for a minute while, while we sing another verse of the song and just begin to talk to him. Lord, if I've had that spiritual amnesia in my life, take it out. I don't want to ever lose sight of who I am. I don't want to ever lose sight of what you've done for me, what this message means. It's so easy to get caught up in the world and the things of the world. and That's not just things that we think of as worldly, but it's just everyday life. It's so easy to get caught up in it and forget what we were called to do. What did we come to church for? What's our reason? Oh, my, I believe you can worship him a little bit and say, Lord, Lord, just take me out of that. Take it out of me. Amen. Help me to be sincere and and to want it to not be caught between two opinions, but to be be completely on, on board with your word. Amen. Oh, some midnight hour. Brother Allen, come. Y'all just continue to pray and to worship. If you need to come and want the brothers to pray for you, come on. You're in a prison in your mind. Reach out. I 
let the worshipers arise. Oh, let the sons and the daughters sing. I'm surrendering my own. I surrender to the King. Second verse. Father, I hear it growing louder, the song of your redeemed as the saints of every nation are awakening the sea. From our hearts there comes an anthem, oh hear our praises ring, this is our song to our King, let the worshipers Oh, let the sons and the daughters sing. I'm surrendering my own. I surrender to the King. Let the worshipers arise. Oh, let the sons and the daughters sing. I'm surrendering my own. I surrender to the King. Amen. Give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. And you love the Lord this evening. Amen. Just before we go, let's worship Him. Just one more song. He set me free. Let's just sing this through just before we go. Well, once like a bird in prison I dwell. No freedom from my sorrow I fell. Then Jesus came and he listened to me. Glory to God, he set me free, yes. He set me free, yes. He set me free. Oh, he broke the bonds of prison for me. Oh, I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. For glory to God, he set me free. Now I am climbing higher each day. Darkness of night has drifted away. My feet are planted on higher ground and glory to God. I'm, are you thankful for that? He set me free, yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. Glory to God. He said, last verse, goodbye to sin and things that confound. Not of this world shall turn me around. Daily I'm working and I'm praying to. Oh, glory to God, I'm going through. Yes, he set me free. Yes, he set me free the bonds of prison for me.
Another hand clap of praise. Amen. You love the Lord this evening. Yes. Amen. Do you appreciate our brother just coming and pouring out his heart to us? Amen. Yes. Just enjoyed that immensely. Just be praying for the service tomorrow. Just be praying. Just God would just give Brother Matt strength just for another service. And amen. Just be praying for the requests that were mentioned. God would just uh, just go out and give a special touch to them. Amen. For our brother Andrew to be here. Amen. Just praying for him as he's on the field. Amen. We've got food and refreshments. Amen. Next door. So if you want to come over after service, you're welcome to join us in fellowship. Amen. If we just would, just maybe have Brother Andrew come and pray over that, and, and then we'll, we'll sing a song and be dismissed. Amen. Let's just bow our hearts together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the word that we've heard tonight. Lord, truly we can say it was nothing but the truth. And Lord, it was pure, unadulterated preaching of this message that you sent to us in this hour. And Lord, we just pray that you would take what we've heard tonight, Lord, and may you help us, Lord, to apply it to our lives. And Lord, may it not just be another sermon, Lord, but may it be transforming power. May you bless your servant tonight, our brothers. He give of himself to your children. Restore his strength to him, Lord. And Father, the refreshments that's been prepared, Lord, may you bless them, bless the hands prepared them, Father. May you, Lord, continue to bless this assembly. Bless Brother Ben, Father, and his work as he's doing for your children here. Lord, may you just bless them abundantly, Father. Lord, be with us as we travel, Lord. Go our separate ways. May you watch over your believers on the dangerous highways, Lord. And Lord, may you take them home safely, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Actually, one of the last times Brother Andrew was here, he sung this song. So we're going to sing it. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me. Well, glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me, glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me, glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me, it must have been the hand of the Lord. You're free to go. Well, glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me, glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me, it must have been the hand.